And welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, we got a lot of stuff that we want to discuss tonight with San Antonio FC and uh, high school soccer. But uh, first off, we've got a special guest with us this evening, Matt Kala from the UPSL. Welcome. Thank you for joining us this evening. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I know this has been a long time coming, so it's, it's finally good to get it right before playoffs, too. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We timed that just right. But uh, before we get started, Harry, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing wonderful. I caught, uh, you know, took the kids out, saw some uh, UPSL action this uh, past weekend because, uh, you know, once once the playoffs are over, really nothing until, what, March, most likely, February, March time frame. So it was a beautiful afternoon. I, you know, saw the runners in uh, Round Rock, you know, an entertaining game, and then we drove up uh, to Bernie and caught it, uh, you know, caught the first half before the kids got cold because uh, the hill country gets colder, uh, which you don't realize living in San Antonio. <laughs> Yeah, what do they they say on TV? Like the camera adds ten pounds. Well, the hill country like drops twenty degrees, right? Well, it did because it was what <laughs> seventy five, seventy eight. You know, for the runners match, we got up there and I was smart enough to t tell the kids, "Hey, take your hoodies." You know, with it, you know, because it's you know at night. Uh, but you know, even given Anna my my jacket, you know, because she's the cold one, she's like, "Dad, I gotta go." And I was like, "All right," you know, it was a school night, so but it was awesome to be able to kind of do that double header and. You know, the, you know, of course, the kids love to do it. And, and I know in the runners match, they got to, uh, you know, play with some kid that was up there, you know, because the runners have the goals behind it. And, you know, to me, that's what it's all about, especially as a dad to, you know, kind of help build that passion and, you know, have them around the game. Absolutely. And, and we'll jump into some of that UPSL action uh, here later. Uh, but first, obviously, we've got Matt on with us and uh, want to talk to him. Matt, for uh, those of our viewers who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about uh, a couple of the different roles that you, you partake in there in the UPSL? Yeah, so, you know, first off, obviously, my biggest role is as UPSL central manager, uh, just the central conference over here, that which includes Oklahoma now, um, more parts of Texas getting more east now, not just off the 35 corridor, uh, but going really further now. So I set up all the teams, uh, you know, talk to them, uh, evaluate them, send them over to the league, and just really, you know, we do an evaluation and then we get them in um, just kind of through a process of three months to get them ready to all the marketing and materials, the balls, and get them all set up, uh, try to help them find a stadium if they do not have a stadium. Obviously, as you guys saw last season, you know, the rain kind of overflooded all the grass fields. So if you had a turf field, you are good to play it, but with uh, the grass, it was flooded. I know King had some issues with that Waco. The Hart Division was rained out. I mean, the, what, the first four weeks, I think, barely Easy, games yeah. got played besides uh, the games that Samba had at their home field because it was turf. Um, so do that. Work with King doing the marketing. I actually opened up King uh, two seasons ago with my partner, Brent. Um, my biggest thing was if, if I'm going to be conference manager, I need to see what the teams go through. Mm -hmm. uh, so I need to open up my own team. So that way I can say, oh, you know, I went through the same thing. Let me kind of tell you how we worked around it. Or with sponsorships, making sure that if I know how to sell a sponsorship to a, um, you know, a local business, I need to make sure that they know how to sell a sponsorship to a local business and what we're benefiting to those businesses. Um, with that, FC Waco came and asked me, said, hey, you know, Waco's a great market. Would you come over here and, you know, be um, executive vice president? I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's really grow that market really well. 
it's just, you know, an hour and a half away, so it's not too far, so we can still keep growing it into next season. Um, and then, you know, just kind of really growing this league. I think we're going to be at around, by the end of the year, around 40 teams with first, second, and going to third division in the north. Yeah, and that's some exciting news. Uh, you guys do have ProRail uh, coming in the spring season for the UPSL, so we definitely want to talk to you a little bit about that at a, uh, a later date when we get a little bit closer to that. We hope to have you back on to talk about that because I know Harry uh, would spend all 30 minutes talking to you on that subject, as I think we all would. But, uh, Harry, I know you had some questions and stuff like that that you wanted to get into, so go ahead and take it away, man. Yeah, so I guess uh, you know the first one, obviously, is with the uh, playoffs that's coming up here. Um, you know, like I said, the, the field's pretty loaded with, 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 with some great teams. Uh, you know, the three conferences I thought was a little interesting on, on the seating, um, you know, for it. And I know you and I had some discussions on, online about it. Um, but, uh, like I said, to me, like I said here, to me, you know, outside of, of California, looking at the playoff structure, I, I think we've got, we've got probably the top teams, hopefully in the, in the nation. Um, I know there's a couple of teams in Florida that would probably you know, like to throw their hat in the ring here. So with the playoffs coming up, um, and, and, and I got to be kind of careful because your team, one of your teams are in it. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything that you're looking for with the playoffs, you know, I, I know, you know, we, we've talked with the runners, uh, you know, last week after they're, and they're pretty excited to hope uh, host uh, Irving city. Um, you know, for that here, and I know Athletic Katie's already announced their time. You know, announced their 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 game time here. So, um, anything you know exciting that you want to share about the playoffs? You know, without you know focusing on uh, FC Waco. Uh, you know, uh, you know, as in last year, or as if Keen was in there, it, the best part about being it is kind of really watching the guys grow. So I'm always a fan looking at all the teams. Uh, Innocentes came out of Texas last year, and I really thought, you know, they could go all the way. Um, of course, Florida soccer soldiers over there in Florida, I mean, they they really, they went far. I mean, they beat Innocentes, and it was, it was amazing. You know, Innocentes has been a little bit humbled this year, you know, losing those two games, which was, uh, you know, kind of Yeah, yeah. To um yeah so you know if, if I'm in a bet of someone coming out of Texas and you know kind of excited Atletico Katie uh, you know they uh, I'm surprised they didn't make it out last year I mean so last year they lost to was it it was they Dallas lost, Elite. yeah they lost yeah. to the runner up of you know from from the second you know from the from the north last year yes and then of course San Antonio runners Mason has done a great job over there getting the talent i mean he just has the community behind him so anytime i talk to mason i'm always excited and they're undefeated i mean so i mean it's it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be interesting with atletico katie and the Sintas dallas elite on top in the north seeing who makes it out and then i mean obviously you have fc wake we have round rock who's in the playoffs so we have a lot of returning faces mm -hmm. um so i'm kind of excited for every single game uh you know it's kind of I think it's a little bit staggered these games on Saturday and Sunday, so I can kind of watch all of them. Uh, my company's having a Christmas party, so I'm leaving early just to watch the Lego <laughs> clothes. And it's a, it's one of those mandatory Christmas parties too, so you're like, oh, that's great. So you know, I am leaving early to watch the Intel of Lego game uh, with Dallas. So excited for all those. I mean, I think we have a really good conference, um, and you know, the top teams that are there, I think they deserve to be there too, and that's I think that's big going forward. 
And you mentioned the uh, SA runners. Just out of curiosity, you know, how, how often or how exciting is it to see a team, you know, in their first season have as much success as they did or have both on and off the pitch? Well, I, I think it's I think it's a, a I think it's really Mason. Mason, you know, when he mm-hmm. told me, I mean, it was literally bang bang. We're like, okay, you're coming in 2019. You know, three weeks later, he's like, hey, you know, maybe I should come in. You know, during the fall, and we're like, let's do it. And he brought it together quick. Um, and then obviously, the results he's laid out and the work he's put out's been on the field. And you can just tell that team is when you're watching them on my Kuju or if you're watching them or any other streaming or watching their highlights, they are really clicking on all cylinders. I mean, to be undefeated and then to have the kind of schedule they've had as well. I mean, where you have FC Waco who was undefeated until I think the eighth game. Um, and then I think with the rain as well, they've stayed consistent and that might be their road to getting through out of Texas, their consistency. Yeah. I know for me, like, so there, there's, you know, have, haven't followed the runners, probably the closest, you know, you know, outside of Samba, um, to me, I know Mason's got some big plans coming up, hopefully in the future that, that he's wanting to build on, but the pipeline that he's been able to build, you know, with, with runners at, you know, SC and then, you know, uh, you know, with a couple other teams that he's working with, that you, know, you can see that you can see it paying off, which is, which is to me, the big thing that UPSL really is trying to push to help grow that game at, at the grassroots level here. So I, I'm looking forward. I know I'll be, uh, I know me and at least AJ will be out at the, you know, at the runner's match uh, this, this uh, Saturday. So, Well, I mean, I think it's also great when you have, um, you know, you have Samba, uh, you know, had a bad season last season. Keen had a bad season last season. You know, FC Denton, they were coming in. They were in the NTPSL, which is the North. It's in North, but, um, you know, they, they're coming in, and we have these teams that, you know, were keen. We lost every single game. We won four games this year, so we're growing and improving. John over there runs a pretty tight ship. I mean, I, obviously, you guys talk to John a lot, uh, but he's doing amazing as well. I mean, he's the he's the conference manager for the women's as well, so now he's going to be wearing as many hats as I am. He's going to start feeling what it's like, you know. you got to start delegating more. Uh, but he's great. Me and him talked about, you know, the accomplishments we made this season, and, you know, him – getting the wins and getting up there. And he was, what, I mean, two games in. I mean, and I really blame some of the rank. He would have been right there in the thick of the playoffs as well. Um, well the only team that beat Athletico Katie, so that says something. That was the first game of the, the year. But the only that, team that's, that's been able yep. to beat him. And that was in Katie's, or, you know, where they play, so. Yeah, so John's doing some amazing things. I think, you know, just the growing. I mean, Houston FC coming from PDL using their high school squad. Uh, getting in there, you know, and they've been very competitive. At the, at the beginning, you know, there was like, some rough patches, but uh, mm-hmm. Bruce over there, he's also running a pretty tight ship. And it's going to be an exciting game with them in Round Rock. It's, yes. just, it's going to be exciting this weekend. Definitely, definitely going to be exciting to catch all the uh, UPSL conference play here this weekend. You mentioned the uh, the new women's league that's going to be taking shape uh, this spring. And uh, – I was just curious, you know, what was the what was the one piece of advice maybe that you could offer John, you know, him kind of taking over in that same role as what you're playing on the men's side? What was the one thing that you really didn't realize, you know, how much time it was going to take or what was the biggest obstacle for you to overcome? Well, I think, you know, setting up the men's side generally, it was the, you know, uh, these teams come in having experience with, with some type of kids or, you know, some type of amateur league um, and really wanted to take it to the UPSL level. Obviously, when I got into the league, there were 67 teams, and now we're going over 300. Uh, and that's all together, you know, with um, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. 
So it's really just, you know, taking your time, setting these teams up, giving them as much information as you can. Um, I mean, UPSL gives you a ton of tools and they give you a folder of everything, but that conference manager, especially when you have your own team, you know how to set it up the right way, you know? So a lot of the teams that I know that I told him the biggest thing is just talk to these men's teams. Let's get these men's teams, some women's teams, because then the traveling so much easier for, you know, the men and the women, they can play the back to back and then the referees can stay there. Uh, it's just easier all the way around from the ref assigner to the league. So that way when we're scheduling, it's like a men's game, women's game. Oh, you know, um, Texas Spurs, and then, you know, you're facing the women's team as well. Yeah, does uh, does that also help as far as, like, tickets go and stuff like that? I mean, do you guys have any plans to kind of do, like, maybe back-to-back type double headers or anything to try and get people out there, get fans out there? Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, we have. I mean, I think it will be a benefit, you know, where we have – I mean, obviously, a lot of the time when you're getting fans, you start with the family of the players. You mm-hmm. really take care of the family of the players because they tell their friends, they get them all going out. Um, and then it starts growing from there, especially when you have the, that family there. And then you have two sets of families. You're going to have you know, the women's side. You're going to have the men's side. Uh, you're really going to benefit to them, and then they're going to really do word of mouth. So as long as your marketing is going towards them, you, get, you have go merchandise heavy, uh, you know, shirts with patch. They just love anything that says, hey, you know, this is where you know, my daughter's playing, my sister's playing. Mm-hmm. And then it really starts spreading like wildfire. I mean, it's just getting that local community because you don't need a ton of fans but you need that local support where you're posting stuff and they're reacting uh, so i think you know the double headers is a great idea i think you know that's something that john's been talking about a lot too i mean and it's great for the traveling schedule as well when you have that you know they can all take that and then just go there and then set up so you know they have you know a men's game first or a women's game first or a women's game second it just you know it goes into that fluidity you know so I think, you know, there's a lot of positive things, and I think you're going to see John really growing it this month as long as the next month, you know, going forward. Well, Matt, I know your time is limited. Uh, Harry, did you have a, a couple more questions or a couple more things that you wanted to get into before we let him go until we can have him on again? Because I know I have a, a couple of additional questions. Yeah, no, my, mine, like I said, we're going to be more with the promotion relegation, you know, because I think that's the big that's the big point that I'm really interested to, to kind of see how it is, you know, with the three different tiers. And, and I know the North is probably going to be the one that has, I think it's league one and then uh, pro premier and then the championship. But uh, I think, you know, for tonight, like I said here, and that's obviously going to be a whole lot more. in depth conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, I guess one thing real quick is that, you know, UPSL, we will be making an announcement probably next week on uh, kind of the lineup for the North. As you said, you know, the North's growing like crazy. Uh, you know, they, they, my um, league three manager, his name's George, he's setting it up really well. And I've had a group of, I mean, if, I don't know if you guys can read my board, but you would know all the teams if you can read that. So I'm don't trying to get sneak manager. peeks, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it's been really great. And, you know, the league, we've been in discussion, you know, it's just like, you know, we set up these premier teams. How do we relegate these teams that have been here? Um, and, you know, just in a way where they're like, hey, you know, you're going to be fighting back in that, you know, the championship that they can get back to the premier. Uh, and we've set it up in a really positive way that it benefits both the premier championship as well as League Three. I mean, and the standards are different too. So when you're in the League Three, you know, most of them are going to play at a, um, a complex, you know, at one complex. So they don't have to worry about stadium fees and they don't have to worry about, you know, the four refs. So, and then it goes up to League or championship and then so then there's more regulations and it's really building them up um still at a good price point where you're not breaking the bank so almost setting them up for success in some of the higher divisions as they continue to progress 
Right, right, exactly. Gotcha. Well, one, one final thing I was just kind of curious about because I saw a lot of it uh, with the U.S. Open Cup uh, with teams was uh, just some of the facilities that they were playing at and stuff like that and, you know, making sure that they had locker rooms and things like that to prepare and get ready in. Is that something that you guys have struggled with at all in the Central Conference? Are the facilities or has that not been an issue? No, I feel like a lot of it can get better. You know, and I think that's a lot on me too, is traveling to those facilities. You know, a lot of times a team will come in and say, hey, this is where I'm playing, so I have to Google map it and then do an overhead view. It's like, well, I, don't, I can't tell. Can you go to the field and take some pictures of it? You guys have locker rooms? I mean, and we do allow, especially in the beginning, we did say, hey, you know, there is this exemption rule. If you guys have a stadium um, or a field, make sure you have tents up at least. We want it to be as professional as possible, but we also understand where we're at. Oh, you only have two months to get everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's $800 to rent that field. If you have one for 450 save on your budget and go that. Moving forward, as you do go forward, it's going to be like, well, you know, obviously you're going to be in the second division. The rules are a little bit more lenient. Let's, uh, you know, let's build up to the premier division. And, and, you know, those teams that do build up, they'll have more rules and regulations to meet, you know, but we'll set them up for success doing that because they'll have that whole season of competing in the championship league to move up to the premier league. No, that makes sense. I, I, I get that 100%. Well, Matt, uh, like I say, I know your time was limited, but you still wanted to jump on with us. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, we've kind of been trying to set this up back and forth, but just with scheduling conflicts, it hasn't happened so far. So I really appreciate you coming yes, on with us you. tonight. Yeah, Harry, Scott, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I definitely will be back. You tell me the time, even if, you know, it's after the first round of playoffs game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt. Well, we really appreciate it. We'll get uh, you and Mason on, and and, and you guys can just uh, do a little trash talk or something like that in case there's a potential matchup there. That sounds good. All (laughs) right, guys. That's right. They could they could make me yep. next. Uh, that's true. On the, on the like 18th or 19th? Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. We'll let you go. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right, guys. Well, that was Matt Kahlo with the uh, UPSL Central Conference. Again, thank you so much, Matt, for coming on. Look forward to uh, talking with you again about that pro rail there that you guys have starting here in the spring. But uh, moving on, we wanted to touch on a little bit of high school soccer. Uh, Tasco released their preseason rankings for Region 4 6A, and uh, we saw some familiar names there on the list. Um, in first place, they had rightfully so San Antonio Reagan, who, uh, if you remember correctly, or if you remember last year, defeated uh, Coppell High School 3-1 to in the uh, state championship. Uh, coming in there at the uh, number two spot would be uh, San Antonio Lee, who uh, ended up losing to Reagan in that regional final, which basically the semifinal there for the uh, Texas high school playoffs. So uh, San Antonio Johnson comes in at number six after uh, a couple of the uh, border teams. So uh, they had a uh, second round loss to Smithson Valley and then kind of shaping up the list there in that number 10 spot is uh, Warren. So uh, Warren also had a uh, early exit there in the uh, first round to Smithson Valley. Uh, but one thing that kind of surprised me a little bit was you actually don't see Smithson Valley in the uh, top 10 teams for mm-hmm. uh, Region 4. So um, I've reached out uh, to some of those mm-hmm. high schools to try and get some more information on, uh, you know, starters returning 11, you know, uh, that didn't graduate and things like that. So uh, one thing I, I, I'm kind of hoping to do, if I can get some more information from uh, some of these teams, 
is just to kind of do like a preview for each of those schools uh, mm-hmm. for the upcoming uh, season for high school and post those on our website. So uh, definitely look out for uh, a little bit more information. Uh, Harry, was there anything just kind of in the uh, in the boys' uh, rankings that, that you wanted to mention or note? Or Yeah, it's good to see Reagan and Lee back up because they had, you know, really a good season uh, last year. Um, you know, it's always interesting, you know, when you, when you, you know, like Brownsville's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually two teams from Brownsville are on there. But, um, you know, especially listening to uh, Down in the Valley, that you know, they talk about how, um, the soccer down in the valley uh, does very well, um, but at least and, and they may be you know smaller smaller schools, so that might be something that, that I might check in on. But uh, uh, just to kind of see how South Texas, you know, you know how competitive that San Antonio will be, and um, I think we'll see that in, in the coming up you know early season tournaments you know that they typically have mm-hmm. um, you know for that here. So. You know, just hope that the weather's, you know, nice, uh, you know, for the kids to be able to get out there and uh, put on a show because, uh, you know, like I said here, you know, you know, especially with all the UPSL teams that, that are in the area now, it gives them a outlet to uh, possibly take the next step, you know, even if they're still in school, you know, depending on, on, on which team that they hop on. Yeah, well, you were out there at the uh, the Bernie Thunder match uh, mm-hmm. for the first half, as you mentioned. And, you know, one thing I kind of remember from the match that we were at with the uh, the runners is just how young uh, their squad was. Um, so, you know, I'm sure quite a few of those players are probably still high school age. Well, even Waco, and I know, uh, you know, uh, Matt mentioned uh, Houston FC is mainly high, sc- mainly high school kids. And, you know, they made the playoffs and, and – you know, I know uh, Houston FC's got a, a PDL team as well. Uh, you know, so they'll, or I guess not a PTL, I guess a, a League Two team. Uh, you put a quarter in the in the jar for that. Uh, <laughs> a League Two team. So you know, to me, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that you know how that develops. But yeah, if you if you can develop that pipeline, especially here in San Antonio, where there's not, or even in the state of Texas, just in general, where there's not a lot of that D1 soccer mm-hmm. um you know i know you got trinity at d3 and and i think um i forget who the other team is there's another one here incarnate word or Incarnate word uh that offer programs but you know if you can impress and and, and uh you know i think and that's why i really like the upsl is it's it's a great extension of the high school season you know especially where they offer the fall and the uh the spring seasons coming up Absolutely. And uh, just taking a quick look over there on the girls side, um, you know, kind of as you mentioned again, you know, it's a lot of the Valley and uh, a lot of San Antonio. You've got Johnson coming in at uh, number one, who uh, last year lost to McAllen in the uh, regional final. Uh, A couple of Austin teams there in second and third place. And then Brandeis, uh, who lost in the first round uh, in PKs to New Braunfels. But Reagan, Clark, Lee, Smithson Valley, I mean, all there in the top 10. So uh, on the girls' side of things, you know, definitely seeing a lot more uh, San Antonio representation uh, than, you know, on the boys. But um, definitely going to be interesting to uh, follow the high school season a little bit more closely. Um, And then one school, obviously, that we mention a lot, uh, not in the uh, regular UIL, but uh, playing in taps is uh, Central Catholic. Mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, always is ranked uh, nationally and, and state. So uh, it's going to be fun following some of those schools. Uh, the TAPS League does get started a little bit before UIL. 
So uh, I've reached out to uh, Coach Carty and stuff like that. We'll probably have some uh, information on Central Catholic here within the uh, the next few weeks. They've already had tryouts, and as most of the uh, high school teams have, so those rosters are uh, starting to take shape if uh, they haven't already finalized those yet. But uh, going to be an exciting year. Uh, you know, last year was kind of our first year doing mm -hmm. this towards the tail end. You know, it was already almost playoffs, so we were kind of just – catching the uh, the end of the season and this will be our first year getting to kind of follow it from start to finish so uh look for a lot more information on that i know my team that i'm rooting for is uh stevens because uh, i live near there and okay uh, uh my son and i you know especially you know over thanksgiving break and i can guarantee over uh um the christmas break uh, we went to the high school and, and especially now where it's in season they got all the extra goals up so it was kind of awesome to be able to have, uh, you know, kind of the pitch to ourselves, and, and, and you'd see some of the high schoolers coming in. So even on their own time, uh, putting in some time. And then the other school that we go to is, uh, uh, was it not Brandy's, but uh, Brennan, uh, you know, they have a pretty nice facility that where you can go down in the valley and, or down, down a hill into their, their facility. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things that those, the North side schools, like I said, are, I think do a pretty good job and, um, you know, we'll, you know, be interesting to see. I know you, you know, we, we focused, um, I think on the Northeast and North side last right. time here, but, the, you know, maybe I'll take the lead and go more the, you know, the San Antonio district with the, with the South side teams. Cause I know there's some quality there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, as you mentioned, kind of just, uh, cause logistics and where we live, it's nothing, you know, personal, but it's just the state it's, of Ferris so is right there down the street from my house, which is kind of nice, you know, when you're trying to catch a game, uh, especially when it's a little bit colder out, you know, for those winter seasons. But yeah, my one team that I'm really hoping or, you know, expecting kind of to see leapfrog, uh, is going to be Warren. Um, like I said, they came in at number 10. Uh, they had an early exit, uh, to Smithson Valley, but um, I, I'm sure they wanted that match back. And, uh, you know, I really expect them to do some big things this year. So we'll have to see how that all shakes out. Uh, and then next week when we do it or, you know, when our next time, depending on schedule, sir, we ought to see how they rank statewide. Um, I know we're looking mainly just at the region four here, but, you know, I think Tasco also puts out. Um, and then one other thing, uh, you know, since we're talking about it here, uh, I was, you know, we, you know uh, Brian Abbott uh, reached out to me from uh, TSO uh, Soccer, uh, who does the uh, uh, TSO represents uh, the uh, officials for all the UIL TAPS official sports. And he wanted to see if we could give a plug, you know, because they are looking for uh, referees. Um, basically, the San Antonio chapter has been asked to provide re uh, referees for over 180 high school and middle school games in the greater San Antonio and South Texas area, uh, which basically comprises of 400 teams. So uh, he mentioned that junior varsity and middle school games, which, you know, I know Bale, uh, my son's already talking about, hey, playing for them you know, in middle school. I'm like, well, you got to get to middle school first. It's, uh, you know, but uh, they need two referees while, you know, varsity matches need need the three with the, you know, center referee and the two assistants. So, um, you know, of course, you know, uh, so, you know, it's it's something that they are in need for it. Uh, you know, if you, you know, to get more information, uh, you can go on to www.taso-ssa.com. Um, there's a link up the top that you can click on to register. Um, but it's a great way to number one, give back, you know, you do, from my understanding, it's, you know, it's a pretty good source of, you know, part-time income, mm -hmm. especially for, you know, college kids that either is a minimum age requirement or, you know, like yourself, Scott, that's played the game. 
um, or you know, even like myself, that's just a fan that you know, it's a, it's it's a great, great way to get involved. So, um, if you can, if you do have the time, you know, you know, the desire, or want to give back, uh, please do that because they are looking for you know, you know, for referees, and we know it's not an easy job, and 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 you know, but it, it is something that you know, if we want the games to continue to um, be played, and you know, we, you know, we got we got to, we got to support them any way that we can. What do you mean it's not an easy job? I, I know there's like five thousand people referees at every San Antonio FC home game, right? Like, and I'm one of them. I'm not gonna <laughs> <Yes>. lie. <laughs> Here's your chance. Go get paid to do it. There, there no, there is a difference between you know a professional, um, and even UPSL. You know the, the games I've been to, I don't view them as critical. We'll just say because it's more of a learning. You know, it's it's more of an educational for you know for those you know you know for the players. And for the referees as well, uh, um, you know, I saw—I um, oh, forgot her name here. Uh, Danielle, Danielle, who does from Las Rojas. Her, I saw her do uh, one of the uh, Samba games mm-hmm. um, out there. So, um, and if you have any questions, like I said here, you know, you can hit her up as well. And, and you know, she was a great resource when you know when I was contacted here. Uh, you know, Danielle was and said if I if if anybody had any questions or if I had any questions on becoming a ref now and she's not part of the, the the uil taps you know the taso dash ssa or hyphen ssa uh, organization um but you know she did mention that you know they do provide you know great education and, and learning tools and if you've got the time and you know there is there is a fee involved just like you know with anything um but you know like i said here it's it's something that's worthwhile and hey it keeps you fit so that's that's a good thing and you get to get paid to watch some soccer games get paid and you know blow the whistle a couple of times hopefully that's it that's it right yeah have some thick skin hopefully because uh as you mentioned you know it's a learning a little bit of a learning experience but uh you know don't tell the uh, players or coaches that because uh it's like when you're out there you know for those sunday league games uh you think it's still uh, mls or the premier league or something like that you know when you're out there on the pitch but not me just everybody else who plays well, I've been out to a few of those, and you think it's rowdy at SAFC matches? Go out to a Sunday league. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not so much the fans, it's the people. On the oh, yeah, it's the players. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the players. Uh, well, uh, you know, just want to give you guys a, a little bit of a, a high school update. Like I say, we'll be following that a lot more closely as the uh, the season moves on. Um, but, you know, Harry, as, as we mentioned, when uh, we were on with Matt, you know, you were able to go out and uh, check out the runners game um, on uh, Sunday before heading out there to Bernie. I mean, did you have anything maybe that you just wanted to mention or just something that maybe stood out to you or anything like that before we kind of get into uh, some San Antonio FC news? To me, I, I think I think the the playoffs, I don't see. I think the playoffs comes down to four teams. Um, I think San Antonio runners, I, yeah, I think, have, you know, especially if they have the home field, because I think the more points, uh, well, well, it's the more points, but I think the further you go, the more people that are going to come out. Cause I would say estimate um, from the first match that you and I went out to, to the match on Sunday, there was double the people. And I would expect when it comes to the playoffs that, and, and I've already tweeted out, uh, you know, to the Crocketeers, to 210, to Mission City, 
um, and all the podcasts to see if we can try to get more people out that support, you know, SAFC out to support the runners. Um, and it's, you know, and it's more just about supporting San Antonio soccer. So um, hopefully, you know, we can, you know, you know, create a, a great environment for, um, for both teams, you know, because the kids are playing hard and, and, you know, some of them, you know, I know there's some former Scorpions players that are there. Um, some former, was it Corinthians uh, from mm-hmm. a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, that are playing there. And, and I know Mason, um, you know, because me and Miguel uh, from Soysef, you know, had a conversation with them after, you know, as, as I was walking out with the kids. Um, I know he's got some big goals that, he, that he's hoping to take, you know, the, the runners too. And, you know, any support that we can provide him now will, will definitely help him towards reaching his goals and, and showing that, you know, San Antonio does support, you know, not only San Antonio FC, but, you know, all things soccer in San Antonio. Well, and, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, those kids are busting their ass out there, you know, day in and day out uh, for the city to represent the city of San Antonio. So, um, you know, like you said, go out there and support and and check it out. Um, As you mentioned, you know, it's a great family environment. I took Delaney and White out there last time and they were playing on the turf fields Mm -hmm. back behind, you know, where the runners are playing at. So uh, there's plenty of space to run around uh, and all that good stuff. So uh, that game is going to be. Uh, Saturday, December 8th at 7 p.m., I believe. 7 p.m., yeah, I believe, yes. Okay. Uh, yep. December 8th, 7 p.m., SA Runners versus Irving City FC. So, you know, you got San Antonio basically versus uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So uh, if you're not doing anything Saturday night and you're kind of needing that uh, soccer fix while we're waiting for uh, everything else to, to start back up, we'll see you out there at the uh, UTSA uh, rec campus fields. So. Yeah, I think it would be a good way to get the uh, get the group together. You know, uh, you know whether it's you know Mission City Crocketeers two ten, you know, or, or just the season ticket members, uh, you know, for that here, just just to be able to get out, catch some soccer. Um, you know, I know a couple of the, uh, you know, I think it's Renee that's uh, from uh, the American Outlaws, the president. He was out there this last weekend. Um, so, except here, you know, of course you're watching the the action on the field, but. Uh, with the the San Antonio news, uh, you know, you can be chit chatting and, and you know crying over, uh, you know, uh, Darnell King. Take your pick. <laughs> I was gonna say over a beverage, but you can't really have a beverage on the field. Not at those games. Hey, maybe sneaking a pint, but we didn't tell you that. You know, a little flask or something, but we we, we didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, some news today uh, did not go over well. We'll just say uh, it wasn't very positive. You know, I'm happy for King. And, uh, you know, like I posted on Twitter, you know, like I said here, uh, I think the bigger losses in the soccer community, because he was always one of the guys that no matter the result came out and acknowledged the, the fan base. And I know we had an issue earlier in the year where the team walked off with the exception of him, um, you know, or him and a co- I guess a couple other people that, that did acknowledge 118 and, and the other supporters. I, I, you know, like I said here, I think off the field, it's, you know, it's going to be a huge loss to try to, you know, try to replace him, not only what he does on the field, but uh, off as well. Well, and, and, you know, not only what he does defensively, but what he also does attacking, you know, he kind of brought that, that interesting dynamic uh, that, you know, we really hadn't seen too much of from San Antonio FC earlier on in the season. Do you think there's just something up there in Nashville that they just, you know, Michael Reed's up there, uh, tier pack went up there for a little bit. Now they're taking King. What is it with Nashville where they're just taking all of our players? Well, Nashville's the, 
if you're going to go to Nashville, this is the year to do it because next year they transition to MLS. So if you're going to, if you're going to go to Nashville, it's the perfect opportunity because if you can show, Hey, I've, I've, you've got the talent and you perform really well. We've seen with, you know, Cincinnati that a few of the players will get, you know, get uh, promoted up to the MLS level. So I understand why you go. Uh, and, and like I said here, it's, it's just, you know, it just sucks for us. You know, there, there's there's no other way to no other way to say it because you can't compete with that. And just and, and I think that's kind of the same way with with Phoenix that, um, you know, you know because they're making that big push towards MLS that they're going to pay a couple of dollars more. And, and you know, let's not lie, that couple of dollars you know adds up. You know, if you're going from you know especially playing Division Two, um. You know, so, you know, I think they probably play in a couple of dollars more than San Antonio. I don't know that officially. Sure, they don't really see it, yeah, but, but I get what you're you saying. Know, but if if you're going to be going to a team that's going to be making a push to MLS next year, you can know that they're they're going to want to put a good product, you know, on, on the pitch to be able to build that excitement like Cincinnati was able to do uh, this year. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great point. Um, and I, I guess without further ado, you know, we've, we've come to this uh, – for or this conclusion, but, uh, you know, uh, a lot of other players, um, you know, haven't signed. I thought Kyle put out a, uh, a great article, um, just kind of, uh, updating everybody on, uh, who's back, who's not back so far, uh, and updating that. So if you haven't seen that, um, you know, I, I forget what the, uh, the site is. Okay. It's, uh, called offside.com. Uh, Kyle does a good job. So if you go under there, he's got, uh, you know, it's still under the San Antonio announces first members of 2019. Um, but it's a good, you know, you know, you know, Kyle only does a good job with, with the Texas soccer radio, but he's, you know, pretty outstanding, uh, on the writing front as well here. So he's got a pretty good, uh, breakdown of number one, who's came back, who's signed. Um, and then also who's not coming back. Um, and then, you know, he has the section of who's, of who's not to do it. So if you're a San Antonio FC fan, please uh, check out called offside, uh, com Cause it, you know, it is a good resource for written, um, written articles, uh, you know, you know, at this point by Kyle, but it wouldn't shock me that uh, if he adds, you know, for their staff, like uh, uh, Jonathan check in the future, although I don't know anything about that, but uh, I would assume if, if, uh, if uh, Mr. Check hasn't got the employment that he's still going to try to write somewhere and, and if, you know, him and Kyle have a pretty good relationship. So. Absolutely. So, you know, as, as everybody's kind of mentioned on Twitter today, once the announcement with King came out, um, you know, still no word on whether or not Sips coming back. Um, it seems like that back line again is, you know, it's like 2017 all over uh, in terms of what we're going to do to try and solidify that. Because uh, I think it was definitely an issue for us throughout the season uh, last year. Um, I don't know. I guess that's my question to you is how big of an issue was it? Because they're replacing, the, I think they're going to replace, end up replacing the entire back line. Out, and, and it wouldn't shock me. I, I know uh, Matt Cardoni, you know, re-signed here. Mm-hmm. You think he's coming back as the, the first, or you think uh, they're going to bring in another veteran, you know, high-quality goaltender? You know, I, I think you almost have to have two. Um, you know, I could see a veteran high-quality goalkeeper in case Matt gets injured or something like that. You've got to have somebody that can come in and play. Um, you know, obviously there's still no word on Diego whether or not he's coming back. 
Um, you know, I feel like the majority of fans and, you know, I guess I'll say myself included probably feel like he'll end up elsewhere. So I think you have to have that veteran goalkeeper, even just for a leadership role and, and some guidance and everything. You know, we had Ford uh, before that who was able to kind of groom Matt and help him, uh, I'm sure, you know, in the locker room. But uh, what are your thoughts? I don't think Diego's coming back, but he's still in the area, which kind of surprised me now. You know, he has a, the goalie camps and stuff like that. So, you know, on a business side, he has it. Um, but I, I don't think he's coming back. Just I, I, I think just for for him personally, you know, just – and you probably could speak to this a little bit more, but I think he got frustrated with the – and I'm sure Matt did as well, but he's not as vocal – but, you know, the, the Matt versus Diego stuff, you know, going in the stands, um, which, you know, we saw it spill over on Twitter, you know, you know with, with Diego. So I don't see him coming back uh, for that, even though he's a hell of a goaltender. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, I, I don't know where he goes. You know, you know, I don't know if Austin or, you know, uh, I'm sure somebody would like to bring him in. Um, now Austin's kind of interesting because they did already sign a uh, was it, I think it's Sean Johnson uh, as a goalie. goalie slash goalie coach, so they already have a veteran there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know if they'd be bringing in another veteran like Diego, but uh, he's still in the area, so I wouldn't rule it out. But uh, you know, it, I think the fa- it would put the fan base in the two camps again. And I don't know if uh, San Antonio FC really wants to do that, if that makes sense. No, I, I mean, I think that makes complete sense. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was anything that, you know, San Antonio FC caused or intended or, or anything like just that. It happened. it happened. Exactly. It just, it just happened. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you on that front. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, to answer your question kind of that we were originally discussing just about, you know, whether or not we really need to solidify that back line, um, as you mentioned, we really don't have one right now. Um, and I think it was kind of a struggle for ours uh, early on. You know, it didn't seem like we could win games 1-0. You know, we needed multiple goals to win games. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really think that's any fault of the goalkeeping, whether it was Cardoni or Restrepo. Mm-hmm. You know, so there were a lot of breakdowns, I felt like, on that back line. Um, You know, McCarthy was out for most of the year, which I think that was a huge loss. It's a huge Um, loss. uh, You look at the size that we had back there just with Ibiaga and, you know, with McCarthy and everything. And you just kind of you missed that a little bit. And King really, uh, like I say, it was it was a different um, attacker. It was a different strategy that you saw with him being more of an attacking defender than what we saw the previous Mm -hmm. year where you just had that solid back line they could hold shutouts, but it worked, you know? Well, I think the year before Cochran was the one that was going up and this year Cochran stayed more, stayed more in the back. Now he ended up retiring along with McCarthy. Right. Um, so, so really the only, the only defenders that we don't know is, is Ryan Felix, uh, Sip, uh, Gene Luca Como, uh, who's a young guy, so he, I think he would probably stand a good comeback. And I don't know if he'd be like kind of the press, uh, you know, like Connor Presley was last year, where you see that growth from year one to year two. Um, and then you know, my my fear of uh, Ryan uh, Rochondo uh, back, um, you know, in, in the middle again because he hasn't announced that he's retired either. So. <laughs> 
I hope you don't see that, man. I, I feel like, you know, it's crazy. Me and you were talking about this the other day, just kind of looking at players' minutes and stuff like that. And it was like a ridiculous amount. What was like 2,800 minutes or something like that that Rashindle had uh, last season. And, I mean, he sat for most of the second half of that. So, I, you know, I feel like the Rashindle experiment was kind of a failed experiment that, um, you know, maybe they can close the books on. But, you know, we all kind of wondered about the uh, captain's armband there at the uh, the beginning of the season and, and how that was all going to play out with what we were seeing on the pitch. Um, so, you know, one of the uh, – you Go bring ahead. up an interesting point with the captain. At this point, with the people they brought back, um, you know, because Caesar Caesar's announced he's not coming back, and um, I guess uh, the team hasn't released it or anything like that. But I guess he announced on on social media. I didn't catch it, uh, but uh, he announced he is captain. Would you put you know at this point here, Pekka Guzman? Um, I... I'm hoping Rafa's not starting, but I guess if he's starting, you know, he would you know he would be idea ideal but at this point here do we have a captain back on the roster yet you know would, would you put you know you know guzman as captain or i i think that's a great topic um you know as far as like captain you know you kind of want somebody that's the face of san antonio fc um you know i could see pekka i think you could make an argument honestly for any of those guys not to take the cop out you know and take the easy no. answer but you look at Pekka and the way that he was able to prove himself last year and the progress, or maybe it wasn't even progress. Maybe we just saw him more, but you know how he performed last season uh, and him kind of being of those guys. I mean, Guzman, you know, I think Pekka has kind of the seniority uh, when you name those, those players, doesn't he? Uh, I think he's got one more year. Yeah. Or came in because Guzman came in at the end Half. of the year. I think Pekka came in because I think Pekka's back. What is third year? Yeah. So, so you know, but if you're going longevity, Cardoni would be the one that's technically well. Rafa or Cardoni would, would be the one, but um, I don't see Cardoni being a captain. I don't though. see him. I don't see. I don't. To me, he's not vocal enough, and and that's not you know anything against him. It's just he's more that that silent leader. Um, the the one that I could see would be uh, Lance Lang. And I was going to mention, but, but he's but he's you know fairly new, but you know. He's not a young guy. I know. I know he's new to us, but he's got tons of experience. You know, with you know in NASL with you know he spent several years in in Edmonton where where I originally you know followed him from, um, and and then he went to I think what North Carolina. You know, played for Minnesota there. for a little while. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, and like you mentioned, I, I'd love to see Lance Lang, but he he lacks. But he what he lacks for in seniority, I think he makes up for in leadership. You know, whether it's just joking with the guys on social media or, you know, how his personality is after the game. I, I can't really put my finger on, you know, specifically what it is, but I would love to see Lance Lang as captain. I, I think he's, you know, quickly kind of become a fan favorite. But um, I think you could also argue Guzman, you know, should be mm -hmm. captain for San Antonio FC next season because uh, he has kind of a little combination of both of those things as far as a little bit, you know, of seniority there, but also too. Uh, just his performance on the pitch. So, and then I, my other question was going to be, because if you look at the players signed, most of them are more attacking. Do you think Coach Powell is going to be opening it up more this year? I think it's too early to say. I think that'll be interesting to watch. Powell just doesn't strike me as an attacking type of coach. So I, I don't, ever really foresee that being San Antonio FC style. I don't think that's the style he's really built that we've seen so far. 
Um, and I don't. Think but I think the lake is gone more attacking though. That's the issue. Well, I mean, they're almost going to have to because San Antonio FC conceded 48 goals last season. So, I mean, if you can't score, you're not going to win. So, I mean, you mm -hmm. either have to be the team like, you know, um, FC Cincinnati, uh, Phoenix Rising, you know, some of those teams, Louisville. I mean, they put up tons of goals, you know, mm -hmm. and, and San Antonio FC just failed to really do that throughout much of the year. Uh, is that kind of what you're leaning towards? Is that what you're thinking? I'm just wondering about that because the first year they kept the defense I, and it did, and it blew up in their face. And I know losing Igabaga changed, changed the tone of the team, but I think if most people, most people thought that there was a pretty better than 50, 50 chance that he was going to get a call up just, sure. you know, you know, it, you know, you know, even the biggest fan has to look at, he came from an MLS team, you know, in Houston, he showed he was the best player on the field, you know, you know, as a center back, you could tell there was a, a clear difference between him and everybody else. And, and he proved it by getting picked up that second year in, um, you know, in, in, you know, in New York city. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think just to me having that offense, uh, you've got to have it though, you know, cause you look at orange County, you know, yeah, they, they shore up the defense because you can shore up the defense with 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 loans kind of like what Phoenix did this year, the model that they did. They went more attacking and then towards at the end of the year, they brought in some MLS quality defenders that needed minutes and stuff like that. Just like we did with, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, FC Dallas um, with, uh, you know, Hernandez. I think it was Hernandez. It was Hernandez, um, yeah. Uh, brought him in. But I think, I think you know, I think if you can get the offensive side clicking, it's it's a whole lot easier to continue that. And I think if you can bring in a great defender, it's easier to mesh those in later on in the year. So if, if you're gonna if you're gonna start to build a team in the USL at this point here, you know, and there's a lot of talent out there, you might want to focus on there because I think defenders, you know, you you can piece you can piece together. You know, and especially if you've got a top tier goaltender like you know, I think we expect Matt to be this year. But but to me there, there's still some talent out there. Um but you know, but to me, like I said here, you know, with, with Guzman, who you know, you know, who I think's you know great, you know, he kind of picked it up at the end of the year. So you know, and then you know, the, the interesting one that, that came back was uh Restrepo, um, who is most likely going to fill the, the spot for Omar, who's not expected to return. Yeah, for those of us uh, not familiar with Restrepo, and, and maybe I'm only talking about myself here because I, I know he played uh, for the uh, Scorpions back in the Scorpion mm -hmm. days. What, a, what element does he bring, do you think, to this roster? What dynamic does he bring? He's, he's attacking. He's, he's attacking. He's fast. He's quick. Um, like I said, you put, you put him laying on the sides there you know if, if Gordon doesn't come back I don't think you miss much and in fact I think as far as you know and we've talked about Omar's lack of finish um I think I think uh, uh Restrepo probably finishes a little bit better and I don't know if he has quite the ball skills uh you know if memory serves him right he kind of turns the ball over a little bit more Okay. Um, so, you know, but, you know, he's, he's a little bit, but he's got that speed. Now he is 30. It's been a few years since, you know, since, since he's been here. 
Um, so there's going to be a little bit more on the senior side as far as for players. Sure. But, you know, I think, I think he, I think between him and depending on if Presley's coming back or not, um, cause that's another interesting one that I thought, you know, you know, I think that we're probably in competition with uh, Austin FC on, cause I think Connor's from that area, right? From, yes. know, from Austin area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting if, if we're able to, to bring him back or if, if, if Austin or another USL team is thinking. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I think Austin, you know, you can see it already is just going to be one of those teams uh, with signing tier pack or whatever that we're just going to be competing with uh, for all the talent here in the area. Uh, so it's definitely something that San Antonio is going to have to uh, start doing a, a good job of recruiting on because it wasn't something that they really had to deal with for those Texas players for the most part um, outside of, you know, RGV really competing uh, for recruiting players. So, you know, I think it's an interesting point that you bring up. I was just uh, looking at a couple of things here uh, about the USL becoming more of a goal scoring league. Uh, you know, we just mentioned uh, some of the uh, top teams, you know, with 80 something goals and 70 something goals this year. Uh, granted there were 34 matches played, but going back and looking at the uh, 2017 USL season, I mean, your top, teams had you know 50 high 50s for goals mm-hmm. for uh in 32 so you're only talking about a difference of two games two matches played yeah not that, not that much not different. not that much yeah for a, a difference of you know 20 something goals so uh, it definitely is becoming more of a, a goal scoring league that's a great shout out there but yeah it's, uh, like i said i think i th- and i think the other aspect of it is more on the marketing and sell side because how frustrated were the fans last year over the performance of the team and you know i think part of that was it seemed like the, the no changes from the staff you know we'll just say you know they, they tried the same same plan game in game out to where you know you could almost script it you know you know, hey, this is what's going to happen. They're going to go down a corner. They're going to cross. Mm-hmm. They never went up the middle. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was the biggest thing. The middle could be wide open, and they would still try to force it, you know, force it down the side. So I'm hoping Coach Powell, you know, considering because I think his seat is a little warm. I think, you know, and, you know, you know, I think if he doesn't see results um, early, you've got a coach behind him that has had success in San Antonio. And I don't think that that can be, you know, I don't think that can be understated is, is Alan Marcina is a hell of a coach. And, um, you know, he's had a a few unfortunate incidences, you know, you know, at the San Antonio airport and then, you know, in in Oklahoma city with rail. Um, But, you know, like I said here, you know, he's got ties, he knows the San Antonio um, and it doesn't, and I guess this is the thing to me that, that kind of didn't surprise, shock me. Rafa came back and, you know, with Walter Restrepo coming back, they all have connections with, with Coach Marcina. So it's just, you know, I, I don't think that they're looking to replace them. But, you know, because you know, I think Austin's going to be solid. Um, RGV is going to be better this year. I know we hate to say that, but they are going to be better, uh, you know, unless there's a huge roster turnover. Uh, for them because Houston's a little bit better now. Um, El Paso, I know they're, you know, out, out west of us. Um, and then you got FC2 Dallas that's going to be naming on uh, Thursday. That's right. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot more competition 
for the players here in, you know, not only San Antonio, but just, you know, in, in Texas and, and, you know, USL overall to where if you're going to be keeping up, you're going to have to put out a quality product. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I think that his seat warm is warm is a great way to put it. Um, I think having an assistant coach like that behind him kind of maybe motivates him or reminds mm-hmm. him of that, you know, when you bring somebody in like that, it's a, you know, there, there's other options out there, you know, and, and sometimes just reminding a coach or a player of that, you know, can be enough motivation for them to really hopefully just turn things around. So I'm hoping for uh, for an early start for San Antonio FC next season as well. So, but it, it'll be interesting. Like I said here, it's uh so just to kind of kick back on, on some of the news here, uh, okay. Lance Lane, you know, obviously signed. Uh, Tier Pack went to the Bold uh, up north, which wasn't a big shock. Uh, the one that kind of hurt me second, uh, Lopez going to Birmingham. Um, and King leaving. Uh, but they've re-signed Matt. They've re-signed Rafa. They've signed uh, Walter Restrepo. And uh, Guzman re-signed. And I would expect uh, just uh, from, uh, you know, from uh, a post, I think it's probably about five hours this afternoon from San Antonio FC, uh, I would expect uh, some sort of player announcement tomorrow. Uh, now, they didn't hint if it's new or old or, or, or a newer returning player. So, but uh, I do think tomorrow uh, or Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, December 5th, there will be uh, another player announced uh, coming to San Antonio. Yeah, and I'm really hoping it's SIP. Um, you know, like I say, we hadn't really seen any signings so far uh, for that back line, and uh, I think SIP's definitely a, a big piece of that. So I'm really hoping that we sign him really soon. See, I'm hoping well, – well, there's a couple – well, there's a lot of people out there. What have you th- – and I sent a, a tweet to him, you know, because I go back and forth with Phoenix quite a bit, uh, you know, as you can see on Twitter, yeah. where uh, the JJ and the, uh, uh, oh, I forgot. Alex Bruce uh, goal. Yeah, I think I just tightened up the uh, thing because I stepped into it. <laughs> with the uh, the Phoenix Rising uh, yeah. podcast. Yeah, I saw that yeah. earlier tonight. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, the, he had a gap and they're like, hey, you know, this is unacceptable. And I was like, yeah, no, hey, you know, you're not going against, you know, OC. You know, it doesn't have a fan base. You know, San Antonio, you know, it was fun going back with them. But, uh, uh, to, you know, to me, it's. I'm ho- I'm ho- the person that I would like to see, and I know it would be a huge change, uh, would be Belmar, uh, Carlton Belmar uh, with uh, Swope Park, a uh, big guy uh, that, you know, I think would kind of fill that uh, Frank the Tank role or that, that big, you know, in the box uh, through there now. You know, we've already, we did resign Guzman, but he's hurt San Antonio year in and year out uh, with, you know, with, with, uh, with uh, Swope Park, so. I would be interested to see if they can pick up and, and you know another forward because you're going to need more than just uh, ever. Absolutely. Uh, up front, and, you know, I'd, I'd love to see you know, I'd love to see them go two up front, but you know, I don't know how realistic that is. Um, and then of course Bruce, you know, waiting the word to see what's going to happen with that young man. Yeah, we're just kind of waiting. We're on uh, SAFC's time. I know uh, everybody's kind of frustrated a little bit that, you know, maybe there haven't been more uh, announcements as far as signings or, or non-signings go. But, you know, we're just kind of stuck with uh, trusting the process uh, for right now. And 
hoping that, you know, they get these deals done with some of these players that we all want to see back in uh, 2019. But, um, but I think you're going to start to hear about schedules coming out because uh, I saw a post that uh, League One is going to be releasing two games. Uh, opening matches, uh, I think on the 8th or somewhere around there, and then the following week, uh, their schedule. So um, I think unlike in the past, uh, you're, you're going to hear, you know, schedules coming out from my understanding that uh, it's supposed to schedule may start the week of March 8th. So if you really look at that, we're 90 days away from the start of the season. <laughs> And so you figure you're what about what five six weeks away from the start of camp, right? So and you got what probably what two weeks between New Year's and Christmas where dead time generally generally uh, business doesn't get done or not a lot of business gets done. So you know I would probably expect a couple of players between now and, and the Christmas break, and then of course in January you know typically there's there's tons of news uh, as they gear up for February. So yeah, well. Um, as you saw, everybody's kind of down there in uh, Tampa right now at USL headquarters. Uh, so, you know, that's there, there, there could be a lot of information coming out of uh, Tampa here pretty soon as far as schedules go and, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it, it'll, like I said, it's, I think San Antonio's kind of at a crossroads right now for this year. Because I think the fan base, you know, and I hate to say it, the fan base is I don't feel that same excitement towards them as we did last year at this time. Now we were coming off a second place finish and, and, you know, a, a, a loss in the, the playoffs to, to Oklahoma city and, and PKs. But from last year, I felt that there was a lot higher expectations, a lot higher, Hey, this is what we're going to do to where this year. I think more people are on the fence. And, you know, so, you know, to me, and, and I think you saw that, you know, towards the end of the uh, year with, with, with the stands. So to me, in order to regenerate that excitement, and if we're honest, this is the year for the, for San Antonio FC to, to, to really get off to a great start, get some, you know, get some excitement going back on because, you know, unfortunately the Spurs, don't look like a playoff team now that could change but you know currently at this point you know they're not looking you know as good they're not looking spurs like this year so um you may have an opportunity where before you know it was always hey the spurs playoffs kind of come first that may not be the case this year yeah well and i don't even know how much of it yeah I wonder how much of the loss of fans that we saw from the previous year and last year was due more to MLS not really and being as much of a reality this season, you know, after all the Austin news and all the stuff with Columbus that we experienced this last year. Because honestly, like, you know, the success of the Spurs, I mean, I, I look at UTSA football, and I'm not knocking, you know, Conference or Mountain West or Conference USA. USA. Mm -hmm. uh, TCU played in that division for a long time, and I'm a big TCU fan. But, you know, you look at this, they, they didn't really have, I think they finished like 500 for the season last the year yeah the runners no well the runners two years ago or two years ago finished about 500 they missed on a bowl um or one game below this year they, they were P pretty bad right they, i mean they, they, yeah they, it's it's not they, like they were Rice a good team and and uh texas state which is not saying a lot and that was about it and that but was you, no that was it there it, wasn't about okay it. <laughs> that was it but 
you still saw, I think, you know, people choosing the UTSA football games over potentially going to a San Antonio FC game, you know, on a Saturday night. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't think it necessarily has to do with the success of the team so much, just as, you know, I wonder how much of that was just more the MLS stuff that yeah, we kind of saw going on. I don't know, but it will be interesting to see though, because like you say, I was sitting there trying to think of, you know, how I felt kind of going into the year before last versus how I felt going into last season. And you were right. I think there was a lot more buildup. There was a lot more excitement. And to me, it wasn't only about MLS, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. about wanting to be there for the club. And I think they did a great job though, too. You know, we talk about the FO and all the stuff that they were doing with come find us here, come find us there. You know, we're giving away this, giving away that. And I think it really got you a lot more excited for the upcoming season you know, than just a, a fan meet and greet or, or something like that. So well, let me ask you this. Did, did you go to the Christmas party? I did not. So I did. It was a it was a pretty good turnout. So, you know, mainly ice skating. Well, when you say pretty good, though, what I mean, what do you because I, I looked at pictures and granted, it's a big ice rink and not everybody was on the ice rink. And it looks like maybe there were like 50 people there. So, I mean, what, what do you I think it was probably a little bit over that. OK, because. Um, a lot of people just go there and they don't go on the ice. Right. That's true. You know, you know, so like I said, I'd probably say, I wouldn't, I'd probably say it was probably, well, not that it's a huge difference, but probably between one to 200 people. Okay. Because it cycled in because it was a couple hours. Right. And, and really, to be honest with you, you picked up your ornament. Uh, you picked, you know, you did some ice skating, you had milk and cookies, you know, you know, Rafa was there and that was, I think that was the day that he signed or the day before he signed. Right. Um, him and his family was there. Santa and, was there. And Santa and coach Powell was there. So to me, uh, you know, like I said, I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more, uh, fan engagements, you know, with it. Um, but I, I you- thought it was a good time. What do you think is the reasoning behind the uh, the whole RSVP thing? Because I know there were a lot of us uh, there in Mission City that, you know, you kind of see the email come out and you think about it and then you don't really think about it anymore because life, you know, what it was on like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something Tuesday, like yeah, that. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. In the middle of the week, you know what I mean? So you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of like getting into your groove for the week and, you know, it was like day of and all of a sudden people were wanting to go but maybe hadn't RSVP'd to, uh, to the uh, invite or whatever. What do you think? Do you think that that hurts them a little bit just by having that? Do you think that's a necessary step? But do you think that? Well, I think it's necessary for them to get at least kind of a head count of who's possibly coming. But do you think that they turn away fans? I mean, and it's it's is it is it just fans or is it season ticket members? No, you know? season tickets for me. Right. Think, so I mean, do they, they turn away season, season ticket, ticket members that show up and didn't register? I would really I hope not. I would really hope not. Because they got a list of – they've right. got the list. They'll they'll know if you're a season ticket. Now, they may say, hey, did you register or not? And you say, yeah, yeah, I thought I did. But, you know, it's – I don't – that shouldn't be a reason not to go, you know, in my opinion. Now, where I do think that they're failing is I think – I think this year MLS final between Atlanta and Portland is an attractive, attractive final, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you don't, you know, I hear Austin, Austin FC or, you know, the, the Austin Anthem are having a watch party. Phoenix um, I rising. To Saint, I, you know, Phoenix rising, the, the, you know, the, the Luligans, you know, in St. Louis are having a watch party. 
to me, why aren't they partnering, you know, let's say if they partnered with the American Outlaws and, and had one or partnered with Mission City, partnered with whoever that you wanted to partner with, but at least have a presence or at least have a communication out saying, hey, you know, because, you know, whether you like MLS or you don't like MLS. It's an excuse to hang out. It's an excuse to hang out and watch soccer. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta plays an attractive. They're going to have, what, 70-some thousand people Easy. at the final? Easy. You know, so it's going to be a great environment. You know, it sucks that it's on Fox. I hate games that are on Fox. Just I don't think they do a good job, you know, as far as the broadcast. But it's, you know, if you're a fan of soccer, you're going to have it on. Now, whether you give a shit about who wins or not, that's a separate discussion. Sure. But to me, I think that's a huge missed opportunity to wear. And especially if you're trying to engage on, on, on the field, you know, on, you know, engage the, the fan base, what better opportunity than the championship game of MLS, you know, especially where it's teams that like my son wants, and, you know, uh, AJ wants a, uh, Atlanta United scarf. That's what he wants for Christmas because he likes how they play. It's, you know, they're, they're the it team. Yep. Um, you know, you know, for that. So, you know, I, I just, I think that it's little things like that, that SAFC is not doing that they did the first couple of years. Well, and you know, what a be- what's, what's not a better time to sit there and just engage with your fans and talk to them about the upcoming season and things that they would like to see. You know, you've got a non-league game up on the TV, basically. It's the perfect environment to sit there and just be able to chat and socialize and, you know, watch the match and stuff like that versus during the season, you know, when at watch parties and everything, you've got half of your staff traveling with the team. So, Well, to me, it's also – in. I'm not going to put this all on San Antonio FC because uh, Mission City could do something. The Crocketeers could do something. Uh, 210 Alliance, you know, you know, there's plenty of people that could step up, you know, and put something together. Because um, you can't tell me, you know, you know, 10, 15 people from Mission City, um, if they said, hey, we're getting together a watch party to watch anything, Wouldn't I guarantee do it to just, hang out. you know, you're going to have 10, 15 people. You're going to have a couple of stragglers like me that, that, that typically will, 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 you know, try to hop onto the train, you know, you know, for there here. So to me, it's a missed opportunity, you know, that, that we are not taking advantage of, you know, as, as a soccer community, you know, uh, you know, for that. And, and, well, I, I think know. I saw something from uh, AO, didn't I? Didn't I see AO San Antonio was doing a watch party somewhere, I think. Um, it could I, be for something else. I haven't seen that. Now it's not to say that they didn't. Sure. Um, but I no, I agree. A lot on the American Outlaws, that, you know, because me either. Just you know, just it's not my cup of tea. You know, right. You know, with the you know, uh, for I'd rather follow you know the the teams that support the local teams, and I'm not saying that they don't. Just um, you know, not a chapter you're part of. No, yeah, no, I, I feel I, I'm I'm in the same boat, but just I, I was just mentioning that not because of like you said that's still not really an SAFC, um, you know, fan group or or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, doing that. That's that's kind of AO's a little bit separate in their own regard. But um, I thought I did see something that that they were doing, but it is kind of a missed opportunity. I will be watching as well. I'll probably be rooting for Atlanta. You know, I was just there recently, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's just an amazing story when you see what they've been able to do. Uh, with their soccer club and just how it's, you know, talking to people there in Atlanta and trying to figure out, you know, why they've had such success. They just, they brought the city together. You know, it was just for whatever reason, the whole city just came together around Atlanta United 
and it's just been an amazing uh, story to unfold. Well, I think it's a huge thing that, and I know it might seem silly, but the cost of their concessions, they're affordable. You know, it's, you know, you know, it's not nine bucks for a beer or nine bucks or five bucks for a hot dog. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that, you know, Hey, you shell out tickets to the game. You know, you're not shelling out, you know, another price of tickets, you know, to get food or drinks, which if you take your family, you're going to do that. And, and even if you just go by yourself, you know, cause you know, when I, when it's just me and AJ and Anna, it's, it's 20 bucks at minimum, you know, and of course, you know, not going to lie, you know, it's beer. Um, but it's 20, you know, it, typically it runs between 20 to 30 bucks for, you know, for the three of us. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's a water, you know, Coke, you know, Powerade for them, you know, nachos or popcorn and, and, you know, a beer or two for me. And, to me, if you could lower that, you know, to 15, 20 bucks, I think you're going to have a lot more, you know, you know, and I know they do the dollar beer nights during the week. Um, but to me, you know, if you, if you, if you lower the concessions down, I think, you know, I think you are able to attract a lot more. And I think that's what, you know, uh, Atlanta has done. And, and, you know, just to be honest with you, it's, it's an event. You know, I keep waiting to see how Atlanta will do, if they're not as successful, you know, because, you know, going back to the silverback years, you know, you know, in ASL, and I know it's division two, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they had a 5,000 seat stadium and they always reported that they had 5,000 there, but they didn't. So, you know, that, that'll be the interesting point if they have a down year, how successful they'll be. Yeah. Well, it's definitely an interesting story to follow, uh, but, you know, I, I think we've kind of talked about everything that, that we really mm -hmm. want to discuss tonight. Got to uh, chat with Matt, which was awesome, about the uh, awesome. UPSL. Yeah, great guy. Um, you know, getting excited about uh, high school soccer and, and that beginning now. And, um, you know, obviously... It starts after the Christmas break for high school, right? Yeah, there's, like you mentioned, there's usually a couple of tournaments before the season starts, like right around January 1st. You know, I know our high school used to always have one where we were uh, breaking up the uh, ice on the field uh, before we'd go out there and play. So that was always fun to uh, kick off the uh, high school season. But yeah, that typically starts up, like I said, I know TAP starts a little bit before UIL. But uh, right there in uh, the beginning of January, mid-January, uh, high school will really start to kick off and get underway. I can tell you here momentarily. Here. Awesome. So I think the boys kick off before the girls. January 3rd, Northside Tournament. Yeah. Fair Stadium. And so, it's, so it looks like a lot of games will be at Ferris on that Thursday. That'll be a great tournament to go check out, just to kind of see some of the talent and stuff like that before they really start you know, getting into the uh, the season and everything. So January 3rd there at Ferris, we'll get to uh, start watching some high school action. And, yeah, actually Northside Tourney, uh, January 3rd uh, on that Thursday after girls is there as well. Um, that that they'll be there for that. I think it's that whole weekend, right? Because the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, yeah, so even on the 5th there. Uh, you got through there. So I know at least on North side here, you got Jay Marshall and Stevens. Um, I know um, Brennan's going to the Gregory Portland tourney. Uh, this is uh, for the girls. Uh, Harlan and Holmes are heading down to Harlandale. Taft and Warren are going to McC the McAllen tournament. And O'Connor is going to a steel tournament. Uh, okay. With them and uh, Brandeis. Okay. 
Yeah. Right? Like, Steel's part of the northeast side, right? Um Yeah, I'm pretty That sure. should be yeah, NEISD, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's North NISD, that's the one that, that I follow. So um, but yeah, I'll, I'll try to get a focus to see if we can maybe put something a little bit more together. Absolutely. No, that sounds great. Well, uh, as always, Harry, uh, you know, it might just be uh, me and you here for a little while. Uh, Jose is working evenings now, and uh, Todd just uh, started getting swamped with work with a, a promotion that he just got. So uh, we're excited for those guys, and we'll have them on at any time. But um, as they sh say, the show must go on. So uh, get used to seeing uh, me and Harry's ugly faces on here and uh, we'll try and keep well, doing Well, you got the beautiful face, you know. Oh, you know. You're too sweet. <laughs> too sweet. You're always sweet. All right. Well, as always, this has been another episode of the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. What's life without goals? We out. Peace.